Welcome to episode 39 of the Charge Up Show with Tyler Ertl from Holistic Hockey. Holistic Hockey offers a high-end on-ice skill development. They offer the whole package with skating, stick handling, and shooting. If you're looking to get an edge this summer, call or text Tyler Ertl at 519-501-2971 or send Holistic Hockey an email. Also make sure to check out their Instagram at Holistic Hockey. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Please welcome the founder of Holistic Hockey, my personal hockey trainer, Tyler Ertl. Thank you. So, Ertz, we'll get into it. Obviously, crazy summer. Before we get into the playing career, we'll talk a little bit holistic, and we'll talk about it at the end, too. But um, how has this COVID affected Holistic Hockey? How have you dealt with it? How busy are, are you right now? Because it's crazy. Yeah, I, got, I mean, uh, I was talking to somebody today about it, and... Um, yeah, I would say about six, seven weeks in the pandemic, um, I was I was really hurting. Uh, you know, I, I missed being around the guys. I missed being around the rink. Uh, it was a struggle. It was really a struggle, and I can only imagine how it was for the kids. Um, you know, my 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 glory days are well in the past. Um, so you know, for you know young guys like yourselves and and even the minor hockey guys and. Uh, you know, I, I just, you know, the kids that missed out on the OHL Cup and, uh, you know, making OMHA runs, Alliance runs, uh, I felt so bad for them. And now being back, um, I really, you know, I was saying this to somebody downstairs today at the rink, I'd never realized how much uh, mental health and hockey play with one another. Um, just texts I'm getting from parents, uh, some, you know, guys your age, 20, I got, you know, text from a dad of a 20 year old and he's like, Hey, my, you just made my boys weak. You know, he just started, you know, three weeks ago with me and he's gets a sense of normalcy. And, and, uh, anytime I get some of my young guys out too, uh, you know, these parents sending me, thank you. Thank you. You know, you don't know how happy I am to see my kids smiling again. And I think sometimes I got a little too focused on, you know, the skill development and, you know, getting the kid who was single A wanting to make double A or double A wanting to make triple A. And I, it's been a big reminder for me that, you know, this is this is way more important than the levels of hockey they want to get to. And and that uh, that's been the biggest thing I've, I've really taken away from these past three, four months. And uh, it's been very humbling and uh, you just keep learning, right? I'm 49 years old and uh, it's, uh, I just learned it like honestly the last three months. Uh, I heard about it. I, I knew it kind of made kids happy, but I didn't really truly get it until this pandemic came and it was a big, big eye opener for me. And it's one of the positives I'm going to take out of it for sure. Yeah. That's amazing to hear. Yeah. That's great. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll hop in obviously. Cause I'm, I'm with you and I experienced that as soon as the ice opened really, um, as soon as you're on the ice, you forget about COVID, right? And it's awesome being able to hang out with all the boys on the ice, which you can't necessarily do off the ice. I know, like I'm still, I'm still social distancing from a lot of them. So once you're on the ice, and all that goes away, and you're right, it is a, it is really fun, and it, yeah. you appreciate a lot more now. Yeah, it's been great. You know, it just, uh, you know, this week we, you know, we're hallway dressing room kind of stuff and, and hearing the guys just, you know, joke around. I'm, I'm down the hall, you know, away from them, but I can still hear and, and hearing a little, a few of the chirps and a couple of the laughters uh, coming out of each dressing room. It's, uh, it's awesome. You know, you're just happy to, to have these guys happy again and, and you can just see, you know, what it does for them overall as people. And um, it's been great just to continue to learn and, and see the importance of it. So yeah, it's been absolutely awesome these last three weeks I've loved it now I'm sure it's it's probably a good issue to have but is it was it hard to like manage you know I'm sure so many athletes wanted to get on the ice was it was it like all at once every everyone wanted to get on at a, at a point 
Yeah, it was so it was the hardest thing in the last three, four weeks is saying no to people. Yeah. Um, just because of numbers. You know, we, we started with four. I was only allowed four kids on the ice and myself. Uh, so, you know, no goalies, four players, a shooter, tutor, and a lineup of like 30 people. And it, it was tough. And I mean, you know, some really good friends of mine uh, that I just, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do anything about it. Right. And it was, um, it was very, very difficult. Now things are starting to loosen up here these last, you know, few weeks and getting more and more people involved. But I'm still, I would say, turning 70% of my clientele away. Wow. Um, so it, it's tough. You know, it, it's very, very tough. But uh, everybody's been incredibly understanding. And, and that part's been awesome. Um, and they know that I'm, I'm doing my very best to get it, as many people as I can out there. Um, and as quick as I can. Uh, but the, you know, you're just limited with, with space and time and there's other people renting and there's other companies. And, um, so yeah, you gotta be respectful of them too, because you want all of them to be able to earn a keep for their families. And so it's definitely a delicate balance, but I, I think everybody's doing a great job. The, the cities are doing a good job. The private rinks are doing a good job. The companies are doing a good job and, and everybody's doing their best to, um, you know, just make sure that we, we follow safety first and then obviously the hockey second. And, um, I think right now across the board, uh, you know, that's what I love about Waterloo region. It, it's a great, uh, community where people are taking care of each other and, uh, it, it's neat to see. And from a business standpoint as well, have you, do you think the whole situation has helped holistic hockey grow and gain new skaters as well? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it's too early to tell. Um, I, I know for my, for my older guys, it's been awesome. You know, I, I've got to be introduced to some, uh, some guys that I haven't trained before in the past um, because they just have no ice in their area. And then, you know, it's been very humbling. They're like, wow, I really like this skate. Can I come back out? And, and anytime I get a, a kid that does that, that's, uh, you know, that's always great. So you know, I got a couple new OHL guys that are going to start next week. Um, so that's, that's great too. And, and um, yeah, so that part of it's been, been awesome. Uh, but I think it's hurt my minor hockey uh, kids. Um, and, and there's only so much I can do. I got to get these guys ready because you don't know, you know, they could be in camp in three weeks and they could be in camp in three months. So yeah, yeah. you have to err on the side of caution and try to get them ready for the three weeks window. So they are prepared. And uh, if not, then we'll, you know, move into that second phase of how we're going to train. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully August, I can get more of my minor hockey kids uh, out and, and taking care of them. So, uh, but yeah, it's been a, a definite delicate balance. So, you know, trying to get everybody pleased and happy and uh, you're trying to just make the packing order work properly. And so far, I think it's gone well. And, and like I said, uh, the parents have been unbelievable how understanding everybody's been. So, so that part of it's been awesome. So we'll, we'll touch back on all this hockey later, but let's get right into now your story obviously and I'd all started playing minor hockey and assuming you grew up in Kitchener and what was your minor hockey experience like? Yeah, it was great. It was uh again played Kitchener minor hockey from about like birth years of nineteen sixty seven to about nineteen seventy four. Kitchener was a powerhouse and it was awesome. You know, I remember like watching guys like Kevin Meme and, and Matt Rupti and uh, Steve Seftel and these guys, they were our idols and everybody wanted to play on the green shirts. And it was just, Kitchener hockey was so great back then. And I absolutely loved it, um, you know, watching those guys and playing up. And then, you know, we had nine guys off of our team go OHL uh, draft. And it was just like, it was amazing, right? So, um, yeah, I got to do that. Um, and then at 15, I went uh, and played junior B as a 15-year-old. Um and then I got drafted as an underager to the Rangers, uh, played four and a half years uh, in the OHL, got drafted by the Vancouver Canucks, uh, then went over to Tampa Bay, 
and then um, kind of realized where things were going and decided I had to go get my schooling. Uh, and I got went out to UPI after that and played hockey out there. I got my schooling out there. And then uh, one year at Teachers College, and now I'm just finished year 21 of teaching. So wow, that's great. I'm getting old. Jesus, it's relaxed, man. We got to get through these. You can't handle <laughs> it all for us. <laughs> so jump, jump into the OHL, and we'll kind of skip through the junior BE, but yeah. jump right into the OHL and coming as an underage player playing in our hometown. How, how amazing was that? Was there a lot of pressure involved too? Because there is a lot of kids who don't like playing in their hometown. Yeah, it was it was a double-edged sword for me. I always wanted to be a Kitchener Ranger and obvious for obvious reason, the organization was great. Uh, but my dad was um, the president there. So, uh, you know, I got I got some some uh, some pretty heavy flack, uh, especially we were uh, an eighth place team. So we weren't that good. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I got some flack that the only reason I was there was because of my dad. Um, so that was the reason it was Joe McDonnell, who was our, my coach. Um, and we mutually came to an agreement, uh, that, you know, I, it'd probably be best for me. I wanted to go prove myself. Um, yep. you know, for me, I've always kind of been like, if you tell me I can't do something, then I'll, I'll go show you that I can. Yep. Um, and sometimes that's worked good for me and sometimes it hasn't. Um, and, and so, yeah, after my underage year, uh, the Rangers were kind enough and Joe McDonnell mainly uh, to trade me to North Bay. And that's how that all came about. So there was no animosity or, or anything that I left. And I'm, I'm still great friends with Joe McDonnell to this day. I, I love the man. Um, he actually brought me back for overage. So that was our relationship there. But yeah, my underage, uh, it was hard. It was hard having, you know, and that's why, you know, I, I always have a soft spot for a guy like Cooper Walker, you know, because, uh, you know, with his dad being an owner, um, yeah. Cooper's, Cooper's a legitimate player and Scott Walker's obviously a great human being and I think things are a little different now than back then but we never had online stuff either right so a lot of our stuff was verbal and so you know with those kind of things you know it's it's hard and, and sometimes that's where I always have a soft spot for Coop because you know I know there's always somebody out there who's going to say it or whatever and Coop Walker is a legit OHL hockey player and I think we'll go pro um, but there's going to be some some clown out there that's going to you know try to be jealous of him or whatever and and I know I probably had the same. Um, I'm I'm not as good as Cooper Walker was, but um, you know it, it was it was just something that uh, was tough. But um, you know what? After that year, I absolutely loved it, and I got to go prove myself, uh, which is kind of in my makeup, and and it worked out. I, I thought really well after that. Was it hard to go to North Bay from Kitchener? Did you have that like heartbreaking feeling, or like leaving leaving somewhere you really enjoyed? No, I was, I was, it was scared because I was just scared of Bird Templeton. I was petrified of him. <laughs> we all were. So, uh, like, Bert's one of the, uh, you know, he's the last of the old school guys, right? Like, we would, you know, get off the bus at three in the morning and he'd skate us. Um, you know, we, it, it was all the horror stories you've heard about. Uh, that's what we lived through. But in the same breath, I love Bert Templeton. He, he's the guy that taught me the most about hockey. Um, you know, I'm not a tall guy, you know, I'm 5'10. And, um, you know, he, he's the guy that taught me how to play. And back then it was clutch and grab and everybody was six, two, six, three. And he taught me how to play as a little guy and how to, how to succeed. And, and he's the guy I give all the credit to for that. Um, as long as you did things Bert's way, uh, you were okay. And when you strayed away from that, you, you, you generally paid a price. And, um, so, uh, but you know what, it, it was great. I, I loved going up there. I was, yeah, when I first, I was 17, um four hours away from home and and we didn't have uh you know skype or 
phones or anything. So, um, you know, I could only call my parents after 11 because that's when it was cheap. Uh, so <laughs> it was a lot different back then. So, you know, it was, uh, you learned how to fend for yourself and, um, but I loved it. The two the, like, I'm still in a group chat with the guys, uh, from North Bay and, and, uh, that's 30 years, 32 years later. Uh, they're great guys. I love them. Uh, they supported me in uh, a golf tournament that we do for a buddy of ours that played up there. Uh, passed away uh, to brain cancer and they, they all come down almost every year uh, and that's 30 years later so yeah some of those guys are still my best friends today um so yeah I, my time in north bay was awesome i i absolutely love north bay it's a great city to play especially when you're winning it's because uh, that's the only thing up there right so yeah. it's awesome uh, i really enjoyed it that's great and it's always interesting to, to see like like you said with that coach like there's always going to be that one kind of hesitating moment but then it could really pay off at the end which which obviously sounds like it did for you and kind of pushes you to be a better athlete in the end as well. Yeah. He's the reason I got drafted in the NHL, you know, hundred percent him and, and Brad Smith, uh, Motor City Smitty, who's a, a Toronto Maple Leaf icon. Those two guys are my two biggest influences. Um, and uh, unfortunately Bird has passed away, uh, but Motor City is still alive. And uh, I talk to him as much as I can. We've got a, another group chat that he's in and he's a great man. He's a scout for the Colorado Avalanche right now. And, and I just, I, I love the man. He's, um, He's amazing. Like he, he's just simply amazing. And, and, uh, he taught me so much and, and just kind of let me be me. And, and those are probably my two biggest influences in the OHL that, uh, to this day, I'm grateful for. That's great. Yeah. You, you can't just breeze over this 3am bag skates. Like give us some stories here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, so we were in Cornwall. We lost 12, two. Uh, and there was this guy named Darcy Cahill who walks and those guys remember this guy. And, uh, he was a skill guy. He goes on the 12th goal between his legs and scores. And I, apparently back then we were supposed to fight him. Nobody fought him. Uh, so when we, it was a quiet ride, we got no food, no, so generally you got pizza and, and you know, things were a lot different back then with the food and all that too. We got pizza and a pop on the ride home. That was all taken away. Um, and then Cornwall to North Bay, it was like, man, it was January or something. And we got back and we had to put all of our equipment on that was underneath the bus, wet, cold. And we went out and he put four nets on the ice and we had it. So for the first 25 minutes, we skated, couldn't stop for 25 minutes, just skated. Wow. So no, your legs couldn't stop. Now he didn't go, he didn't make you go hundred percent, but it was about 50%. And then, uh, for another 50 minutes, we had to pull, uh, push each end, the, the net, you had to push it. To the other end and four so there was four lines there's only so you had two two times to rest and he did that for i think it was what 45 minutes that we did it and we got off the ice at 4 30 and then he had us back in the room at 8 a.m and it was it was terrible it was awful so but those are the you know it was the way it was back then but you know what we we you know majority of us not all of us majority of us loved him uh and and we all played hard for him right so uh but you know we didn't uh we didn't know, we didn't know any better. Right. So, uh, but you know what, in, in, in fairness to Bert, that that's what he knew. And that's how times were back then. Um, I know Bert adapted as things moved on. I don't know how he would do in today's game, but, uh, knowing Bert, I think he could adapt to it. Um, but you know, that kind of stuff is all gone now and rightfully so, um, you know, that league is excellent now, uh, for taking care of their players. And I know there's something out there right now that everybody's talking about, um, and that's definitely an unfortunate situation, but I will say from when I played to where it is now, 
and you're with guys like uh, you know Scotty Walker, Darian Hatcher in Sarnia. He's a phenomenal human being. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of good human beings in that um, in that league now, and and they they do things right now. And and David Branch is really good. He's really evolved with it and, and come with the times. And you know, even a guy like Joe Birch now in Kitchener. Um, these guys are great. They're good human beings, and it it is a, a great league to play in. And uh, yeah, you're always going to have your instance, and and I'm not going to make any judgment on that one. That's out there right now, but they are more rare than they are common, from my understanding of what I know and what I remember. And I will say this: we did go through some tough stuff as rookies. Uh, it was very difficult. Uh, some of the stuff we went through back then with hazing and stuff. But the one thing I will say is. The next day, that same guy that hazed me as a 16-year-old, if a 19-year-old tried to touch me on the ice, he was in there protecting my back. And that's one thing I think people are missing. And I'm not saying what's happening right now is right, or if any of that story is true, that's obviously not right. But these same people that may have made this mistake, generally they're really, really good people. And sometimes we're forgetting that these teenagers do make mistakes. And we need to just teach and educate instead of slam them yeah. and just help everybody through them. Um, and that includes the victim uh, or victims. Um, so, you know, <laughs> excuse me, that part of it, I, I think we just forget is what some of these guys did on the hazing side of it. Um, I know it's difficult to hear, but those are the same guys that would have your back the next day and have your back the following day. And they were really, really good human beings. And sometimes not everything is comes out in context. And it's the biggest thing I've learned now in 49 years is there's two sides to every story. And um, as long as you can kind of listen to both truths and come to your own truth, it, it's pretty neat to see. And that's, that's also humbling and like a, a good lesson for everyone to know too, just cause that's, there's just like you said, there's always both, both sides think that they're, they're right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Moving, moving on, you went to, you went to Windsor after that and had a, had a pretty pretty amazing season after that. Pretty co- it was impressive, ninety four points. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a that was a great year. Um, you know, I had a little bit of consideration for the World Juniors uh, that year. They went out, they went ahead and picked a guy by the name of Dale Craigwell, who was a great hockey player. He was all he came from that Oshawa system. He was awesome. Uh, but I know Motor City tried his, his hardest to get me on that world junior team, uh, but uh, no go. And, and the team they picked was the right team. I, I don't think I deserved to be there anyways. Uh, Dale was a great pick. Um, so, yeah, that was a great year, though. I, I loved it. Um, I think I would have had 100 points, but I got a, got a little bit of trouble with suspension. <laughs> that I, I did something, <laughs> something wrong on the ice, and it was I think it was a four- or six-game suspension. That probably cost me my 100-point season, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's why the penalty minutes behind it. I had a little bit of a temper that went with it, but uh, not a fighter. I was more of that ratty kind of, uh, you know, Marshawn kind of guy, not close to Marshawn skill, but just that kind of uh, cut cloth. You know, I, I felt like I was a guy that you love to have on your team, and I totally understood why you hated play, playing against me and why you wanted to rip my head off, and, and it was all deserved. Uh, but, you know what, as a little guy, I, I knew I wouldn't physically beat you, so I thought if I could mentally beat you and get under your skin – um, and get us on a power play and maybe get us an extra point or an extra goal or whatever, or even a momentum of two minutes, I knew that was a good thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm proud to say I, I felt like uh, I was a really good teammate. Uh, and to these days, uh, you know, I still have guys that, that talk about that. Uh, and I know I have guys that text me and say, you were quite a jerk to play against. And, uh, that, and But they're always like, I wish you would have been on my team too, right? So I look at a guy like Justin Morrison, you know, he's the last guy – I, it'll never be broken. He's the last guy to get um, uh, 100 
uh, yeah, 100 points and 200 penalty minutes in the same year. And, uh, you know, we, we talked to this day. And he's, you know, I couldn't stand him. He couldn't stand me. But we were both competitors. And I respect that guy uh, to the end of the earth. You know, he, there was nobody more the guy could compete. And he was tough. And he had skill. Uh, you know, drafted to the Washington Capitals. Um, couldn't stand playing against him. Uh, but now, you know, I, I know I was just talking to him on, uh, on Facebook. He's got a place out in Newfoundland and uh, he's just a great guy, you know, and this is, these are so many guys like that, that I played against. And he's one of hundreds that I played against that, you know, I know they didn't like me and I probably didn't like them, but once it's over, it's all about respect. And, um, they were doing their job and what they could for their team. And that's what I did for my team. And, and, um, sometimes it, it was probably not, uh, liked by a lot of other guys but I wasn't worrying about other guys I was trying to help my team win and and afterwards you know, hopefully respect me for it and if you didn't then that's not out of my control so that, that was kind of where we went absolutely so you being a coach like would you would you see a difference now the game is played back then like when you play versus today like or is it similar like compared to like the aggressiveness or like even skill wise different drills yeah no it's totally different now uh and it's better it's better, you know, a lot of guys my age and, and maybe because I'm not, I wasn't considered a, you know, a tough guy or like, yeah, you know, it's not as tough as it was, blah, blah, blah. And, and I get the argument. I, I really do, but the game is so much better now. It really is. Um, and I know some guys struggle with it and I get that, you know, everybody's allowed to have their opinion. Uh, but yeah, the way you teach now, um, you know, the way defensemen are, are in, in, in plays and, and the mobility they have. And, you know, some games defensemen have the most shots on net, um seeing little guys in front of the net on a power play that's yeah. like unheard of in our day right it was you know you were six four and the defenseman was six five and you literally just cross-checked the crap out of each other and that's all you did you can't touch anybody now right so right. um but the game's gotten it's way faster way bigger or sorry not bigger uh way quicker um and and the skill set is it's you know mind-blowing right it's it's really really impressive to watch and you know even when you know i'm on the ice with mules and, and all that group i you know there's there's moments i shouldn't say this because i'm gonna pay for it but you know <laughs> uh, I, I look at these guys and i'm like man you guys are good hockey players like you guys are really really good hockey players so you know it uh it's great to watch and um their work ethic and they're all respectful you know they pick up pucks afterwards they take stuff off the ice for me um you know we just didn't really have that relationship with our coaches they didn't want to talk to us and we didn't really want to talk to them and you know i you know i like to joke around with the guys on the ice but i also like to push them at the same time and i bark when i need to and we laugh when we need to but um yeah, the, the personal relationships are, are way better now, too. So it's uh, it, it's gotten a lot better in so many aspects. Um, I know, you know, people, a lot of people my age would like to see a little more physicality. Um, I don't. And and I was, you know, I, I've always enjoyed the skill part of the game. Um, but I do understand guys that were, you know, buddies of mine that were fighters or or muckers. Um, I get how they struggle with that. And, and it's a valid point. Um but I just, I really enjoy where it is right now. And I think it just keeps getting better and better. And just even watching these exhibition games start, I'm just, it blows my mind watching these guys. I'm just like, you're so fast and so good. Right. So it's uh yeah, it's really impressive to watch and the game has gotten better in, in so many ways. I like, uh, bro, we're going off topic, but that's totally fine. Um, I like to even talk about the relationships now. And I, I've never really played in a game where you don't want to talk to your coach and you don't, but I love having that relationship with your coach, and I I think it brings out uh, for me at least in the generation now. I think most of the guys are similar. Where 
my coach, me and my coach are talking about our weeks, and my coach is telling me what he did with his, like, my coach has a young daughter, and he was telling he tell me what they would do, and that you build that connection, and you want to work way harder for them versus me hating yeah. out. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Mills. I think you're 100% right, and, and that's why, you know, I just through so many things are moving in a good direction in this game right now, and it's, it's not perfect, and it never will be, and I, I think that's what makes it great. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's great, the relationships, and, and generally the, the teams that win are guys like what you're talking about, Mills, you know, those, those guys that are, you know, asking their, their players, you know, how are you today, you know, you know, mm-hmm. not not making fun of them if they're having a girlfriend issue or not making fun of them if they're having a, you know, a fight with a buddy or a fight with parents or, you know, I, I know sometimes we struggle with it, but, you know, I, and we joke about it, but, you know, it could be something as small as, you know, their, their phone breaking. Uh, that's huge in today's generation, right? And, and it puts them in a bad mood and, and that kind of stuff. And you just got to be aware of it and, and try to be uh, sympathetic to everybody. Everybody has their own story. Uh, and that's the biggest thing I, I try to, you know, take out of it now is, you know, you just got to sit here and you got to listen and, and, uh, as much as X's and O's are a part of it and uh, training is a part of it, it it's uh, your ears that are even a bigger part of it now and, and trying to be uh, just listening to these guys, right? So, um, yeah, it's it, it's great. I, I, I do – I like it way better than, than what we had. I mean, you know, I would never have a conversation with Bert Templeton. That's just not how it was back then, and, and that's no slam against him. It's just how it was back then. And um, But now I see how you guys are with your coaches, and I think it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, hockey and sporting in general, I think nowadays, it's it's definitely a good outlet for, for young athletes, you know, to, to talk with their teammates, any issues, like it's it's definitely mentally, like it puts them in a good mindset and help, probably helps their game even more just because they build that relationship like 100 yeah. times better, so. I yeah. agree 100% with that. I, I think you're bang on with it for sure. Now let's talk about a little bit about your, uh, well, you, you took your, finished your pro or uh, junior career in Kitchener and then you took a shot at pro bouncing between a few different teams, but how was that experience as well? The pro yeah, pro was pro was great. Uh, I, I loved it. Um, I remember I went to, uh, my first pro camp and, uh, like, uh, Peter Nedved was drafted first, first round that year. So it was kind of, it was different back then. You were kind of ranked by your number. So like Nedved had like number five in camp or something. And, you know, Trevor Linden had number two, and uh, I went there and I had number 74. So I was like, oh, man, this isn't looking good for me here. So uh, I knew my chances weren't uh, so so good. And uh, so, yeah, I, I went down and, and toiled a bit in the minors. Um, and uh, it was great. I mean, obviously, a lot of friends down there and stuff. But, you know, I kind of knew, I could kind of see back then, I, I saw the writing on the wall. Everything was, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know, going into Vancouver's camp. I'm trying to go around Dana Merzen, who's got a you know, wingspan of, like, 12 feet and you know, just grabbing me and throwing me around. And so, you know, I, I knew I, I, you know, I could maybe go over to Europe and, and I had an offer to go to Britain and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I did, I, I just knew it wasn't going to be for me something that I wanted. So, um, I was close to a point of game still, you know, in pro, in pro, uh, which, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of, but, uh, I just knew that it wasn't going to end up where, you know, I obviously hoped it was going to. And, and so that, uh, I tell this story to my students all the time. Uh, I, I won't mention the guy's name, but um, I was fortunate enough every time I played, I, I always had a, a tough guy on my line that, to protect me. Um, so I went over to his place to play cards one night and he didn't talk for like 15 minutes. We were just playing cards. And I was like, man, I'm just going to head out here. I can tell you're having a bad night. And he looked at me and this guy like had always had black eyes and missing a tooth and stuff. And he's like, no, no, hurts. don't go. I'm like, what, like, what's going on here? And he's like, I need to, you know, I need to borrow 20 bucks from you. 
20 bucks. So we were making like, we weren't rich or like millionaires, but we were making decent money, getting our apartment paid for. We had a pretty good deal where we were playing. And, uh, he's like, yeah, I, I just can't afford diapers for my baby right now. And that was boom. That was it. I went home that night. I called my mom and I said, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm going to come back and I, I'm going to go to school. And, uh, that was, you know, I, I call it my shovel moment, wow. kind of uh, right in the face. And uh, I, I was 21 at the time. That guy was 34. He had two kids and a, and a baby on the way. And this guy was, you know, he had like back then it was crazy. Like he would have 400, 500 penalty minutes. And, um, yeah, he had tears in his eyes cause he, he couldn't afford diapers for his baby. And that's when I knew I was like, okay, man, if, if I don't get out of here, uh, this could be me, you know, on the other side of that table in, in 10, 11 years. And, and I just thought, uh, you know, I came from a family that really preached education and I thought this is, this is my moment. You know, I, I can do this for another five, six years and go home and tell everybody, yeah, I'm still playing pro hockey and yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of it, nobody really cares. And, um, so I thought I better go get my education and, and, uh, my mom cried on the phone. She was all happy. And, and, uh, so yeah, and that, and that started my, uh, my university career after that. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've mentioned it a few times on the podcast, but a lot of we've talked to a lot of different people with a, do, a lot of different stories, and we always like to think like things happen for a reason, and it kind of life happens for you, not to you. Yeah, and that sounds like a perfect example of that that little quote because, like, yeah, exactly. Who would who knows what would happen if you stayed playing pro or? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not sure a lot of guys can admit this. I don't think I was mature enough to be able to play pro. I don't think I was mature enough to handle the money. I don't think I was mature enough to handle it. Uh, a lot of this stuff back then. Um, you know, everybody matures at a different rate and, and, um, I don't think that's a slam against myself. I just think that's honest. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just don't think, and, and, and thankfully I didn't make it cause I think maybe things could have ended up, you know, worse for me, maybe with an addiction, uh, with no education, both, you know, I don't know. It it could have gotten really bad. I I just don't think I was mature enough back then. Um, so, you know, I I went back and and I got my schooling and, um, you know, I think things now are definitely a lot more stable for me and, and more happy, but, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's different. And, and that's something I'm trying to instill my boys now try to, you know, increase their maturity level, which uh, they all impress me with. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely, you know, you just keep building and learning and trying to grow from it. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think you're, that's a, a more than accurate and fair statement. Um, you know, I, I think maybe somebody up above was looking out for me and saying, you know what, you're not ready for this, so you're not going to get it. And, uh, in the end, uh, I think it was probably the best thing that could happen to me. Yeah, it's definitely exactly. like it's wise and respectful. Like education is key, especially nowadays. Like even the younger guys that if you know if they're the same same position, and you hear all the horror stories, like especially like NFL, like their their career's done right, and they have nothing to fall back on. So yeah. education is huge. I feel now nowadays. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent with you. And then, so you got to go play your year at UPEI, which is um. Is right, right. I played actually. I played. Uh, so I went up there. I had to sit out my first year because I played pro. So I played up east in a place called Surrey PEI. Okay. Uh, we actually won the Eastern Canadians up there. It was a great little fishing community. It was awesome. <laughs> and then I played three year, three years after that. So I went to. I was in PEI for actually four years, but I played. I played for three, um, and I got my. Yeah, I got my uh, Bachelor of Arts there, and then off to Western to uh, got my BD, my my education degree. So how did this all lead to your current? holistic hockey obviously becoming a teacher obviously you like working with kids and motivating high school right so yeah no i i uh, 
yeah, I, I got a call. I don't know, man. Like, so I'd always afterwards, like I'd always dabbled. And, and even when I was a kid, like your age meals, and you know, I, I, even younger, I was working here in Kitchener hockey schools and, and stuff like that. Um, and then I got a call like, uh, man, I, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago to, they were short an instructor and uh, I ran in this guy two weeks ago. He's like, Hey, or it's like, we need a guy to fill in. So I went and I filled in and they gave me this do a tang to follow. And I was like, all right, okay, whatever. So I followed it and I did my week's work and like, you know, I was kind of like, man, that was, I didn't really like that. Right. So, um, I was just kind of that weekend. I was like, I think I could do this. Like, and I think I could do it, you know, a little better than this do a tang. And, and, um, so yeah, then it just kind of started from there and snowballed, uh, from there. And, um, yeah, it, it's been, uh, you know, been absolutely amazing ever since. And, uh, you know, thoroughly enjoyed uh, being around uh, the kids and you know I'm looking at you know, some of these guys that are out there now like uh, you know Nolan Dan Chandler Romeo I've been with those guys since they were seven years old um, you know so it's been amazing uh, you know with their parents you know we've been obviously away to spring hockey tournaments and winter hockey tournaments together and and I've trained their kids in the summers and um, yeah, they're just phenomenal families right so have put their trust in me to 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 help work their child's out, uh, you know, on the, on the ice. And, um, it's been awesome, right. It's been awesome. The friendships and, uh, all of it, it's been, it's been rewarding. Uh, it is hard work though. That's the one thing, you know, I give credit to all the hockey schools that are out there. A lot of people think, Oh, you know, you just, you show up for the hour, you do it. You can, but you'll be done quick. Uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And, uh, you know, a lot of marketing and a lot of, uh, relationship stuff that you got to do. So it's not like, you know, I say, well, you know, everybody's, you know, oh, firefighters, they only work seven days a month. I'm like, man, you have, they work hard, right? Same with cops. Mm. Everybody works hard. And you know, I'm sure people even look at it like, oh, wow, a podcast must be easy. And you guys know how hard you work and all the work that you put behind it, right? But optically, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, but, you know, I, there's no way I would ever say that because I, you know, again, just learn with age that, you know, that every store or every job has a story behind it that involves hard work if you're going to be successful and obviously you guys are doing great you know you can see some of the guys and girls you're getting on here and that's you know awesome and that doesn't come from you guys sitting around right it's you know you're making phone calls you're making emails and, and doing that stuff right so so yeah it's been it's been great it's been rewarding and um i thoroughly enjoyed it and 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 i actually as i get older i'm enjoying it more uh which i thought would be the opposite i'd be like oh, okay i'm ready to tap out but this summer with uh, like Mules' group, like uh, they're just, it's awesome. Like that's uh, for me, it's like, this isn't even work. This is just fun and it's uh, it's a blast, right? So it's getting uh, more enjoyable uh, as I get older too. You can see and more then, reward as you go through it, right? The older you get, you see more reward. Yeah, yeah. And now I've got some guys that, uh, you know, are 24, 25 and they just finished university and they're like, hey, can I come back and work for you? And I was training them like seven, 10 years ago. Right. So so that part's neat. And, you know, they're getting married now and they're, you know, they're sending me pics of their kids and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's really full circle and, and something that, you know, I, I love. I love to watch and and keep the relationships up with them and, uh, you know, have a good, good laugh here and there, but also happy to see you know, where they're moving to right now and how their life is uh, moving in a positive way. Right. So it's uh it's really cool. Hockey players are, I think they're a special breed. They're, uh, they're, you know, 99% are really good human beings and uh, they, uh, they're loyal and uh, they, they, they don't forget where you come from. And, and a lot of them come back and, and they want to help out. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That, that group is pretty awesome. That you have going the whole, both junior ice times are awesome. Everyone got a really good group going. And then our last question that we're going to go through is this person, these 
how has it been having your kids go through it? Obviously, two older ones. Uh, Jake was able to play at uh, Junior A, Tier 2, Junior B. I played against him last year. Justin's committed to Cornell now. Uh, Jordy's still coming up. But how, how amazing has it been to, um, to watch him go through it? But also, how have you used your experience? Obviously, Justin had to make the decision between OHL and NCAA. And I'm sure you were a big part of helping him with that decision. So what is it like seeing them? And uh, what have you been able to teach them? Uh, you know, my boys are my life. I, I love them. Uh, you know, it's it's great to watch. Uh, sometimes I feel bad for them because uh, they get some undue pressure too. Of oh yeah, your dad's you know he's got a hockey school and you know they get chirped one way or the other. And uh, uh, but you know what? Overall, they they handle it really well. Um, they are way better than I ever was as a kid. Uh, all three of them. Um, you know, watching them grow. Uh, you know, I, I love where Jacob is right now. You know, he's he's kind of. You know, he's focusing in on his schooling and he wants to go uh, have a great year in Paris and um, he's just being true to himself and, and I'm so proud of him for that and that's awesome. Uh, Justin, you know, coming to the Cornell decision, uh, basically I just laid both sides of, of the story out there uh, and I, I do have to say this, North Bay has been amazing. Uh, even to this minute, North Bay has been amazing to, uh, to Justin and to our family. Um, so I will never, ever say a bad word. They, the offer they made to Justin was beyond fair um, and, and very, very um, uh, humbling uh, for what they offered to Justin. Um, but Cornell right now, I just think, gives Justin a, a bigger runway, and, and Justin sees that. Um, so, you know, the top part that a lot of people don't, you know, really talk about is after you get drafted, you only have two years to sign uh, in the OHL. As uh, you get drafted in... NCAA, you can have up to four or five years to sign. Um, so, you know, it just opens up your window just a bit more. And I think that's a good thing for Justin right now. Uh, and Jordy coming up, uh, um, he can just flat out fly. Uh, right now his skating is, uh, I love where it's going. And uh, But he's going to do the same thing. He's going to, you know, he, he's going to make his choice. And for all three of my boys, I, I try my best to uh, just lay out both sides of a choice. And then it's up to them to make it. Um, like I said, you know, my my glory days are way, way beyond me. And um, this isn't about me. This is all about them. And and most importantly, this is about them being happy. Um, you know, they got a 1% chance of making the NHL, but hopefully a 100% chance of being a good human being in their community. And uh, that's that's most important thing to me. And uh, I think right now I couldn't be more proud to be their father. And uh, I, I just absolutely love all three of them. That's great. Yeah, I think that's, that's a perfect way to perfect way to wrap it up. But that was yeah, that was an amazing, amazing. I think it's really cool to say that. Like every time we do a podcast, it feels like this is the next big one. You know, so I we appreciate <laughs> you coming on and oh, thanks sharing all these amazing stories with us. It's really cool to get the view because people know holistic hockey, but they might not know uh, Tyler Ertle, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of people forget. A lot of people forget I'm a dad. You know, they just think I'm just a hockey trainer, right? And 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 there's, you know, I'm a dad too, right? So uh, I have dad emotions, and uh, you know, I, I have all those things too, right? So uh, you know, it's uh, I, I try to be as normal as I can with my kids around the ice, and I just try to honestly try to leave them alone. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's you know, sometimes they, they you know, because I'm you know, I'm a teacher. Then I own a hockey school and people are like, oh, yeah, but they forget I'm also a dad, right? So and, and that of the three jobs is definitely the most difficult and the most rewarding all at the same time, right? So it's it's uh, it's pretty neat. So, but yeah, it's cool. I uh, Yeah, it, it's neat to just be able to 
kind of let people inside that little circle, right? So it's cool. Mm, I appreciate you guys letting me do that. Yeah, yeah thanks so much for coming on.